Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. It's episode 157. July 19th, 2022, I'm Gavin Pickin, Senior Developer Auto Solutions, and Eric Peterson, another Senior Developer Auto Solutions, is joining me. Welcome. Hey, Gavin. Nice to be back with you. Yep, I know. we got so many hosts now, we're switching it up. It's like sometimes it goes weeks before we get to you know, host one together, so well, glad we can do this, get it out there. And uh, thanks for those who are tuning in live. Uh, I know that there's a a little developer week going on right now. So we're competing with all those people over at the Adobe developer week. So if you're watching live, we appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> of course they put us up against Pete Freitag. So uh, it's okay. If you watch the replay, we're okay with that. We understand, but uh, you'll miss out on the cool thing in the chat. So we're going to give away. Both of these are recorded for later. So. Yep. For sure. So, Okay, well, before we get on with things, uh, let's just thank our sponsor, Auto Solutions, the maker of Cold Box, Command Box, Forge Box, Test Box, and all your other boxes out there. Um, a few ways you can say thanks to Auto Solutions is come buy some IDB tickets. So, Into the Box Conference, it's going to be in September. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we got three days with the workshop and two days at conference. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, buy a ticket, come out, have a laugh, enjoy Happy Box, and maybe even play some games with a mariachi band. Be good times. Of course, like and subscribe to our videos on YouTube and uh, help us reach for the stars. Star and, uh, star and fork our repos. Um, and Eric's got a, a cool little tool that I'm going to put in the chat for everybody. Um, but it's called command box dash GitHub. And it will actually help you star all your dependencies in your project. And then like and subscribe our podcast on the podcast app. Leave a review as well. And then uh, we've got free and paid accounts on CFCast, which is a great way to support us. If you want some cool swag, Box Life Store has great shirts and other merchandise there. And Otis has its book, 102 Cold Box HMVC Quick Tips and Tricks on Gumroad. And no, they're not quick. They're not tips on quick. They're just quick tips. So what about the Patreon supporters? You want to tell us about that, Eric? Absolutely. We have 37 Patreons. Providing 100% of the funding for this podcast and 44% of the funding for Forgebox.io, which is the Cold Fusion package repository. We will tell you more about how you can sign up and all the awesome perks about that at the end. Or you can visit right now at patreon.com slash order solutions to learn more. Okay, well... With that being said, thank you, everybody. Let's get on to our news and announcements. So I'm going to start out with this. Um, so this one here has been a pretty big announcement. Um, there was a blog slash community post that Brad Wood put up, up on um, the community website, and it's kind of cool. So I thought we wanted to spotlight <laughs> this one. I'm going to share my screen for those looking. So how does CFML really perform compared to other languages? And so what Brad did, um, he added some stuff to the site a while ago, and I guess it's the tech and power performance benchmarks. And uh, basically it's a benchmarks full of test suites and it runs 20 queries on a page, outputs some data, and then all these different languages and frameworks implement their, their logic and their syntax style. And basically 
uh, you know, they run these tests, they take days, it spins up every possible combination of all this different stuff in Docker and hammers it with traffic and everything, and they sort of keep all the stats. And as Brad said, the site is essentially information overload and just, yeah, just tons and tons of data. But basically what he's done here is pulled up a little um, benchmark summary here, and there's some pretty cool stats because it has all the stuff here. And look right here. What's number three, Eric? That would be Old Fusion. CFML Lucy. So you can see it, uh, you know, runs a different, uh, there's all these different stats in here, but basically Cold Fusion, it does pretty well. Um, and so we've got a few different stats here and, you know, basically so some of the filters are pretty arbitrary. Um, but yeah, it basically compares all these different languages and frameworks and everything else and has some stats. So it compares with like Go. Uh, Go is very fast. Everyone says it's very fast and uh, it's tiny. And so that's why it's really popular right now. But um, some of the interesting ones was like Node.js came in slower than both raw CFML and Coldbox MVC. Grails or Groovy came in slower than both. Um, Ktor, I'd never heard of Ktor JazzSync, which is Kotlin, I guess, but I never heard of that. Um, that framework, I guess. So Ruby on Rails, Laravel, Django. Um, Django came in dead last by a long shot, so apparently don't use Django and Python. But uh, again, it's pretty arbitrary as far as, you know, all the different types of tests they have and whatever, but this was just a 20 query thing. Um, if you have different scale, maybe things will do differently, or maybe you're looking at concurrency and stuff, but uh, this, this is pretty detailed, and of course, yeah, we're pretty good right here. We've got uh, looking at the picture, you see Coldbox with Adobe is a little bit lower than Coldbox with Lucy, and then CFML Adobe's here, and CFML Lucy's up the top. So depending on what you're doing, if you're doing, um, you know, just a raw uh, index.cfm type page versus actually run a whole framework, it's kind of crazy that the framework is only a little bit slower than all the rest. So, so pretty cool, right, Eric? I mean, this is. Uh, pretty big deal for someone who you know is always having to defend the language like we are so anyways i think that's something uh you guys should go check out look at the blog post on the community site go check out the site too and uh go from there now apparently we're having some tech difficulties can anybody in the chat hear me can you guys hear me i think daniel's in there um i think eric's having some issues so let me just try and get him back so okay so i'm not sure maybe eric can uh get his Hello? headset back i can hear you eric i think i'm back my headset is giving me some issues okay cool cool i'm so sorry that's Quality okay podcasting yeah well i was asking <laughs> you a question too so it looks pretty bad uh, no, but i was just saying like it's a, it's good information. It's kind of cool to see, you know, like even the even with the Coldbox framework, we were still up there, not just the the raw CFML and Adobe stuff. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. At the risk of uh, repeating things you said, I dived into some of the other uh, like run runs they do because this was the the updates, right? Like creating things. Mm -hmm. um, and it was interesting to see that even in like composite scores, like on top of everything. Like, it's not that bad. Like, the FML was in the top 100. You know, like, it, it does better at some things than others. Single query, it was still up there. But, yeah, like, it's it's kind of cool. Yep. So, like, um, 
really good at this data updates thing, pretty good at other things and rounds out a good composite score as well. So yeah, I mean, obviously good for a dead guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the thing too. Like, I think it's, it's one of those things, you know, obviously there's different tools are better at different jobs. There's always pros and cons, but at the end of the day, cold fusion, you know, can do almost the same as everything else. And we're, we know the security implications of ColdFusion. We know those little quirks and tweaks and bugs and stuff. We've used it for a long time. And so we're productive in it. If I had to go write JavaScript for the backend, could I write it? Yes, absolutely. Do I know how to lock it down the same way? Absolutely not. You know, I write front-end JavaScript and I know that okay, but there's just, there's just things that are different. So for me and, you know, a, a team that I'm on, we're better with ColdFusion. Is it a little bit slower? Yeah, sometimes for some things, but I'm a lot more productive. I'm more secure. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where you get, you got to sort of figure out what's the best tool for the job for the team you have at the time, at the time you're in and, you know, but sometimes it is worth moving, but knowing those pros and cons is, you know, a big part of it. So it's just cool to see yeah. it's not as bad as everybody says. <laughs> you know, I noticed uh, with Go at the top, it reminded me one of my uh, favorite uh, podcasts I listened to, the one of the hosts writes a podcast player and he mentioned for his website, for everything he does, it's all written in PHP because that's what he knows. Until he got to feed crawling where he needed, you know, tons of concurrency going through DOM structures. And he's like, I wrote a little thing in Go and it throws everything in the database and I go back to PHP <laughs> and like saved him a ton of money. And it, it's just one of those reminders that even when we need reach for another language, it doesn't mean like drop everything you know. It means, like you said, you choose the right tool for the job. And with awesome tools like the database, message queues, um, APIs, all of our tools can talk together. Mm -hmm. It's not a one or the other. It's really a combination of which helps us the most. Yeah, for sure. Uh, knowing the pitfalls and knowing the cons so you can work around them or whatnot and throwing everything out with the bathwater and starting again just sounds like a bad idea as well and uh it's funny because right. you know like ben adele obviously he's still working on the cfml part of uh, the envision app the legacy app and he's like the last developer on it <laughs> um but he's like he's gone and looked at the note the go stuff and he's like yeah it goes uh really fast and everything else he's like man but i just i just I hate it <laughs> so he, you know like he says he, he never wants to write go uh, he thinks he's going to go to the javascript team more than anything else and you know it's kind of funny seeing the insights on that working code podcast you know, um, when Advent of Code comes around in December, I always try to do another language, and uh, it it varies how far I get in it before I'm like, ah, this isn't my thing. Mm -hmm. um, like this last year, I tried Rust because I just hear all these great things. We're re we're rewriting this in Rust. Rust is so fast. Rust all the way. And you know, I bet it is really fast. I mean, I use apps in it. I know it's fast. It is a pain. I don't understand why people like working in it. Maybe it's because they came from like C and it's great compared to C, but it's not mm. nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is a lot of Java developers are loving like Spring Boot and they're loving, you know, Kotlin and stuff. Um, but when yeah, if Brad you came and from Java, you would love that. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing like Brad and Luis at DevNexus that go sit on some of these like, you know, like Spring Boot framework stuff and then they compare it to to Cobox and like, oh my gosh, the boilerplate crap you have to write just to get something out of your URL scope is ridiculous. Or, you know, just some simple stuff. And we're like, 
we take it for granted how good we have it, you know, and in cold yeah. fusion and cold box. And, and it's like, they're doing all this work. And Brad's like, well, if you had cold box, you'd better do this in cold fusion. And everybody's like, what? Like it. So, and like command box is so great in compared to some of yeah. the other languages and trying to use a CLI or make your own. Yeah. Anyway. So we got some good stuff too. So, so what's up next, Eric? Well, right now, as we said, Adobe developer week is going on. You, there is still uh, one session left today as well as one going on right now, and three more days of it. All the sessions are being recorded and will be up on the Adobe ColdFusion YouTube channel as well. Uh, you presented yesterday, Gavin. How do you feel it went? Um, went pretty good. I mean, anytime you're going to try and jam uh, like a one-day or two-day workshop into an hour, it's always going to be a little tight. But uh, <laughs> I think it went okay. I showed enough stuff that people got a little excited about you know, learning more. And Charlie's had a good session yesterday, Luis uh, as well. And then after me was um, Brian Sappy talking about CICD. Um, but yeah, it was a good day. I think it was uh, it went really well. And then, yeah, like you said today, uh, a few different sessions. And the the VS Code Cold Fusion Builder is probably the most anticipated one. I didn't get to see that one. It was a little early for me on my time zone. But what do you think, Eric? I didn't get to see it either, but I am ah. excited to go back to it because uh, I've been excited to see what they come out with i have the an invite to the close beta but uh, i'm not gonna give any of the secrets away here oh, okay. um, so we'll but good things coming out and i can't wait to see all of the different tips and tricks they have for us in that session yep and of course i know that they're they built in some cool stuff for the the language and so we're hoping to be able to access some of it for for other stuff too and get into it but uh we'll see what we can do there i know it's exciting but it's just cool to have more support inside the vs code so right. next up we have an announcement um java 10 added a var keyword that is quite different from the cfml although it came out five years ago i still thought it'd be pretty funny <laughs> throw this in there newsflash charlie blog today about this feature that came out five years ago so right. i thought hey it's news to me but i thought it was interesting um because uh yeah basically they use a var keyword in, in java but it's very different than the java uh, sorry the cfml's java keyword so yeah. i want to just spotlight it and you know one of those things you know if people are writing a little bit of java code to try and integrate with cfml it's not the well, same <laughs> so, or when you're reading reading java code like you can uh know what this is it's, it's pretty simple it just var is their variable inference so Whereas in normal Java, you always have to put the type on the left of the variable when you're declaring it. Var lets the compiler figure it out for you. Mm. So if it can. So okay, makes That's your cool. code a little bit smaller. All of us CFML developers are like, what do you mean? We're always, <laughs> we're always just letting the compiler slash the runtime figure that out. No yeah. one needs types. So for sure. Okay. Well, anyway, I thought that was a bit of a bit of a joke, but so fun to that out there so up for new releases and updates we don't actually have anything yet but i heard that there's going to be a beta of lucy 6 soon so i couldn't find the reference um i think michaela t from terratech tweeted about it saying that there could be an early beta out soon so i'm kind of excited to find out more about that um but i don't know uh, i didn't see it anywhere else so so yeah i'm, I'm hoping uh, that we can see that because Lucy Six been in the works for a long time now, so be good to to see if that can uh, finally get through. 
Now, before we move on again, I do want to just mention that Charlie said the session for the uh, the Cold Fusion Builder extension for VS Code, there were a lot of favorable comments in there. Um, and so, yeah, we should definitely check out the video. So thanks for your feedback there, Charlie. Um, and also with the Java one, he just said that some people are now moving to CF 2021 or 2018, which run on 11. So this could be new to them with that Java keyword, the VA keyword. So, okay, so let's get into the webinars, meetups and workshops. So last week I talked, and you actually showed up for this one uh, as well, right? So uh, I had the Coding with the Kiwi and Friends, and I had Ville de Bruin come in and help me talk about validation and stuff. Um, so, well, fun joining you on that. Yeah, so that was a that was an interesting one, and uh, it was good to have you there because you're, um, you know, able to give us some feedback and tell us some stuff about Quick that uh, you know I didn't know or didn't wasn't sure about. So it was good. But yeah, it's and, and CV validation. I mean, I think every app will use validation, whether you use CV validation or not. So like, it, it's just an evergreen topic. Yeah, you know. And that was the thing. It was it was kind of nice to show how we used it um, in our API. To, for the developer feud quiz that I presented yesterday. And the, so we added some validation in there and we talked about using validate versus validate or fail and you know how you can remove some boilerplate with your API. And uh, it, was, it was a good session. And you know we talked about a couple of different things. And the, the funny thing is I based it on a lot of the Fluent uh, API stuff. Luis actually uh, did a, a modified version of that presentation yesterday at Dev Week. Um, but that code was written to be more agnostic. So you, know, you could use it with the ORM or queries. And then in uh, in Quick, half the stuff that I had in that old presentation wasn't needed because Quick does it all. So there was like, you know, save methods and everything else. And so it was pretty neat. So, but yeah. So yeah, so that one is up there. It's um, up on the... The recording is up on CFCast, and I've also tagged the code. So it's kind of been like an ad hoc, random, um, you know, just mishmash of code. And I've got a repo for that. It's not the same specific repo that I presented yesterday, because this is more of a, you know, ebb and flow sort of live stream. And so um, that code, if you want to see what we actually covered in the session, is up on GitHub, and the link is uh, in the show notes as well. And then um, I'll put the presentation notes from the Adobe Developer Week. Uh, that should all be released with the, the other recordings. But I'll share that in the show notes as well if anybody wants to check out that because I actually built uh, a few different things there. It was kind of cool. Um, I did the API, and then I built uh, three different apps. So it is a, a voting app, so you can vote on the questions for the developer feud survey. And then you can actually administer the, the questions. You can add new questions, add new answers, and everything else. And then you can actually play the game. So we have a single-player version of the game. And so that code is uh, up there. I'm put that in the show notes and in the chat for anyone who wants to check out that. So the slides are in there and stuff too. But anyways, so next up we have another um, Seattle Cold Fusion user group coming up. That's right, July 21st at 5 p.m. It is Hello Cold Fusion by Leon O'Daniel. So this answers the what and why for using Cold Fusion plus some demos you can use in your site right away. Uh, answers questions such as how do I output today's date and today's year on the web page? That one makes me 
smile for all the blogs that have the copyright and that has to update every year. I know. You'd think you would have um, learned that one, right? It's the first thing you ever do with <laughs> CFML is fix that. <laughs> how do I have to date on my web page from a database and how can I display content from an RSS feed on my web page? I mean, the RSS feed is something that, uh, well, I mean, Confusion kind of tends older, but there's probably a few of us that are like, what's an RSS feed? <laughs> hey, I use RSS yeah. feed all the time now because, uh, you know, I use Twitter a lot of the time to pull data for this this podcast when we prep for it. But a lot of people don't even uh, post to Twitter or they don't hashtag stuff properly. So, um, you know, Charlie's like, oh, you know, there's a tool for this. And he gave me this other tool and it will email me digest based on the RSS feed. So I put in some of the people that don't, you know, tag their stuff properly into my little RSS feed tool and it emails me. So that's how I can keep up oh, on nice. stuff. So, yeah, when I'm prepping, I'm like, oh, check my email. Never do that, but uh, it does work out. Okay. <laughs> also, anybody that uses podcasts, technically you're using an RSS feed. You may not know it. Yep. It's it's pretty <laughs> cool. That's that's one thing I like about the, the podcast. It's simple, RSS. And yeah, we can make our own. Right now we use a, a tool from Transistor for all our podcasts, but eventually I'd like to build a content box uh, module for it and integrate with it and, and do more stuff there. Just to have a little more control. Uh, the show notes yeah. are all sort of generated a certain way and yeah, they look okay. Scott helped me style them a little better, but still they're not exactly how I want them. But it is what it is. Next up, we have our uh, Audis webinar of the month. So the Audis webinar for um, July is actually um, a follow-up to our um, June uh, webinar. And that's going to be Dan Cardigan. So he, basically, his last one was Legacy Migration. Um, and they had quite a few questions. So it was a good session. It went over really well. And uh, basically, people were started asking questions. So we started doing a little blog series. And he's like, you know what? I should probably do another webinar follow-up. So this webinar is going to be legacy migration follow-up using Coldbox with an existing code base. And so it's basically getting in there and actually showing some different examples of how to tie it together with a traditional legacy code base and how to modernize it with Coldbox, kind of like piece by piece, because that's something that, you know, most people need to do, right? So maybe they throw Wirebox in there first, and then they add Logbox and, you know, slowly work your way up. And then you can, you know, because you can use some of the standalone tools without even having Coldbox in there. And then you can put the Coldbox folder in there and start using handlers and views and start to migrate over. So, um, you know, this is the workshop that Dan is working and presenting into the box. So it's really good to give people sort of a, you know, a taste of the type of stuff they're going to do. And in the workshop, you're actually going to, you know, do it yourself. So be pretty cool. Well, as for Adobe workshops, uh, technically you can count everything in dev week right now going on. And then we have a couple more listed for August, August 9th. There is a cool fusion workshop in the Australian Eastern time zone with Brian Sappy. I think that's American, on, actually. Uh, no, we looked this up last week. Australian oh. Eastern time zone. Really? Oh. Yes. Okay. And then um, Thursday, August 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific, making games with Cold Fusion with Mark Takata. Okay. And then, yep, we uh, have obviously the full list available up on the Adobe Events site. And I'm going to share my screen for those watching. Um, the cool thing is, is that you can see all of them coming up before we even announce them. And they're actually doing really good about getting them in advance. And they do have options for recordings too. So you'll see some of these events are being put out here. And so, um, you know, a lot of different stuff 
and they're trying to keep this up to date, but I think they started putting more of them up on uh, YouTube lately. So that's been pretty cool. So, um, but if you do want to find out what's going on, that link is a, a good one for that. Okay. So next up, CFCAS content. So CFCAS, our video training system, has a lot of new content. You want to tell us about what's just been released, Eric? Absolutely. So we have your Coding with Kiwi and Friends that is up about CV validation. And since last week, we have three new videos in the Logbox series about the email appender, the file and rolling file appender, and the scope appender. So we are just about done with all the appenders yeah, <laughs> in this... Logbox, which I said we were going to take you through. I think there's one more. And then we will build a custom appender, Ooh. sending logs to Slack. Oh, I want to see that one because I, I need to do that. <laughs> uh, after that, for Logbox, that's the end of the appenders. And there's going to be a couple videos on sending logs async and then diving into categories. Uh, I, last week, I can't remember if it was on Slack or on the Orders community site, but somebody was asking. They've been going through the Logbox series uh, and they were asking, why would I want multiple loggers? What's even the point? And I'm like, oh, no. Wait, hang in there. It's categories. It's coming up. Yeah, because I mean, some of the stuff you just don't want to like overload. Like, you know, some informational stuff you want one place. Maybe you want transactional stuff in another place. And But maybe I just spoiled right. it there. Um, I'll let you go about that later. But coming soon. <laughs> so we do have a lot more coming from Logbox 101 from Eric. Um, I've got more coding with the Kiwi and friends after a couple of weeks off. I'll be coming back with some more. So don't, uh, yeah, that'll be coming soon. And we have more of those Forgebox and VS Code podcast snippet videos. So we're, we're outputting those there. And then uh, we're going to be working on um, a new series, Boxifying a third-party library from Gavin. And then Coldbox Elixir is uh, the next one up from Eric, right? So a lot of people have been asking about Coldbox Elixir and how to set up their their view stuff and their JavaScript compilation. And so uh, Coldbox Elixir looks like the next one that Eric is going to be putting out there. So uh, yeah, let us know. We do listen. When you guys have requests for things and you want to see stuff, uh, let us know. We we do add it to our list and then we, you know, start working on the next content. So a lot of great stuff coming. And uh, yeah, again, a lot of this content is free. Some of it is paid. Uh, but if you got the right Patreon subscription, you get your uh, subscription concluded. So, okay, conferences and trainings. So first up, Adobe a Week. We've talked about it already. Uh, it's up there. Uh, the link is in the chat, just in case you guys want it, and that will get you to the registration form. Check out the agenda, and they're going on right now. Okay, what? Forget about that conference. How can we forget that conference? <laughs> How can we forget that conference? Uh, with our very own Daniel Garcia. So that is coming up in Wisconsin, July 25th through 28th. And you can get more information or register at that.us. Yep. That us. <laughs> yep. And Daniel Garcia is going to be talking about the API development and testing using Postman, Webhook.site, and Ngrok to enhance your workflow. So it's a pretty cool session. Um, I'm excited to, to see how that turns out for him. I know he's uh, excited. He's going to be there next week enjoying the fun and sun and the, the on-site pool and uh, adventure park. <laughs> but uh, in case you guys missed it, view, uh, view JS 
Forge last week. So that was the hackathon and it was kind of an interesting format. I wasn't actually able to participate in it. After all, we had a few things that came up that uh, meant that I wasn't able to commit the full two days to that. Um, but they did have a lot of great videos. And so they actually had like presentations throughout the day. They had some live coding stuff giving you like tying into the different things like butter CMS and, and everything. And they had all these different uh, tools they were using. It was pretty slick. Um, and so it was just kind of neat. And so even if you didn't get to participate in it, um, you know, there's videos and stuff that are out there and view school gave some discounts on their stuff. Cause that's who organized it. But apparently there's another one coming up in a few more months. And so it sounds like this might be something they do on a regular basis. So, um, I'm looking forward to the next one there. And then, uh, Oh, apparently we got some breaking news. We'll have to cover after we get through these, uh, these things here. So want to tell us about end of the box, Eric. Into the box, September 6th, 7th, and 8th in Houston, Texas. One-day workshops before the two-day conference. We are excited. It's fun to see the workshops filling up. Obviously, the best workshop choice is the asynchronous workshop that I'm giving with Luis. I don't know. <laughs> I, may I, disagree. I, I don't know. I think we've got uh, more people signed up for the Vue.js one so far, but uh, the, we've still got room in all of the workshops, but they are filling up. It's... Uh, registration is coming along nicely and again we will fill up um you know so don't don't miss out but yeah there's five great workshops and i'll share my screen just so we can give fair comment to the other two uh, three as well um but yeah all the all the async workshops sign up in the future yeah exactly you're not sure if they're going to resolve or not though <laughs> <laughs> so you got async programming with luis and eric you've got containerizing and scaling your applications with john and grant You've got legacy code to, uh, conversion to the modern world with Dan and Alan. Test box getting started with BDD TDD Oh My by Brad and Javier. And then me and Daniel Garcia are going to be talking about Vue.js spa mobile apps through Quasar with REST API. So a lot of cool stuff there. And again, register now. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're excited. Awesome. It's going to be fun. And then uh, right after that, like a month later, man, these things are sneaking up on us, right? CF Summit. They are. CF Summit is October 3rd and 4th in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, with a Adobe Certified Professional uh, class and test on the 5th. Yep. This is the cheapest conference to go to all year. Well, yes, yeah. you'll go to. Um, <laughs> obviously, online ones, there's a lot of free ones, but this is $99. And flights to Vegas are pretty cheap. I mean, it varies from where you're coming from, but everybody's cheap to get to Vegas, it feels like. So yep. we and hope the, to see you there. It's going to be awesome. And these early bird prices haven't changed. They're so busy with Adobe Developer Week, they've left the prices down. So they haven't updated them yet. So if you guys want to grab this early bird prices, these are supposed to be going up. I know that this originally was uh, like $4.99 for the whole thing. So they dropped it down a few hundred dollars. So this, just the workshop itself usually is about 350 or $400. And the conference, you know, like they're, they're massively reducing these prices to try and get people there, you know? Um, so, you know, it's a great conference, lots of people, lots of, you know, events. And then right after there's a good reason to be there because we're doing a workshop. So there's a two day workshop right after CF summit. It's going to be the training, uh, workshop, Luis and I are going to be um, running that, but we're hoping to have a couple of TAs. We want to get enough people there that we can have Eric and Brad help out too. But REST APIs and Vue.js mobile app. 
And so we're going to be looking at REST APIs. We're going to be looking at migrations and security and quick. And we'll be doing, uh, you know, Vue.js using the Quasar framework and outputting a mobile app, an Android app, a Windows app, you name it, we're doing it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And with two days, you know, we can actually dive in deep and you can do it yourself and you walk away with an actual app. So uh, it'll be pretty cool. So early bird pricing $7.99. And we are actually, you know, trying to hold to reasonable prices, even though the suite is basically doubled in price. So it's going to be good. It's the area luxury executive hospitality suites. And you were there the last time we did that, right? Those were nice, weren't they? They are very nice. So, so definitely, definitely a good time. There's this great conference room, plenty of snacks. Uh, we had a great time. Hope I hope to be able to make it. Even if I have to like go, uh, camp out somewhere nearby and just come visit <laughs> yeah we'll have to make room in the closet or something we'll <laughs> <laughs> have to drive up your uh, your mobile command center Gavin. yep i know bring the rv hey there's a campground not too far from there i can throw it in there and uh bring the party bus <laughs> And the Into the Box Latam is going to be happening uh, in December, either the 5th or 7th. And we're making plans for the Autist team to try and bring some of the American team down there to join the El Salvador team. And that's going to be another great conference, uh, one-day conference, and more information coming soon. And we have to give our normal CF camp reminder, right, Eric, that no CF camp this year, but they're trying for maybe summer 2023. So right, we're crossing our fingers for next year. We we miss it, and I know they miss it too. Yep. Okay, we'll take a little break here before we jump to the next section to go over those uh, the quick news that Charlie had. So new updates released for Java 8, 11, 17, and 8 as of July 19th. So the blog post is here. We'll put the, the link in the show notes for everybody. I think you did try to link it, but it probably just just text not a link um but yeah so that there give you all the information you need to know um so thanks charlie for sharing that and basically here it's around cold fusion and again the installers do not have it yet but it is there so if you guys need it that's the information you should go find and we'll make sure we get it to the right place in the show notes as well so thanks charlie for that okay well let's get into the blogs tweets and videos of the week and first up i'll start with this one and then uh, i'll probably need your help because it sounds complicated but ben adele <laughs> is talking about using strict type decision and i was like what is he going on about here so basically you know one of the nice features of ColdFusion is that it's loosely typed um you know usually that means it happily transparently casts one data type to another to get the job done except for when that's a pain in the butt. Uh, so sometimes that doesn't work and uh, it's loose behaviors can give you some unexpected errors. And we've all run into those, right? I had a doctor no in my uh, one of my medical databases that I was working for someone and it kept showing up as doctor false everywhere <laughs> in my API. And I was like, that's not cool. So I was seeing the string, changing it to a Boolean and outputting it. And, you know, that's the type of thing he's talking about. So this blog basically is, uh, you know, a way to sort of go through that and, you know, look at how you should, you know, handle more restrictive type. But I guess um, member methods run into trouble. So 
Well, it's just kind of interesting. So have you have you done much yeah, with this? Um, like, I mean, using Quick and QB, it tries to do that, right? Um, yes. The place I run into this more is when I use the the Java split method. So um, we have like list to array in Cool Fusion, but sometimes I want to use like a regular expression to split that into an array, and then you can call dot split on a string. It drops down to Java because Confusion strings are backed by Java strings, but it returns you a, a Java array of strings. Mm. And the, the weird thing is, so you can't call map on that. There is no map method on a Java array. But if you pass it to array map, Confusion knows how to take that, turn it into a Confusion array, and then call map on it. So it's kind of the same thing that the member functions have to be called only on what it is, there is no type coercion. Um, whereas the built-in functions will do type coercion for you. So unfortunately, what that means is if you don't know the type coming in, you're safer off still with the member, sorry, with the built-in functions. Gotcha. Um, which is sad because they definitely feel less modern. There's less chaining, things like that, but it is safer if you don't know the type. Okay. So yeah, uh, that... I will also say, having used is instance of and then ran away from it crying, it is going to be it can, obviously measure, but is instance of is almost always the first performance problem of an app when I start to uh, dig into why something's slow. It's just a slow method. Is that because of the Java reflection? I know whenever you get into Java reflection stuff, it gets really. I, I bad. assume it is. I assume it is. Uh, Quick and QB had that in there where we would try to check hey, is this a QB builder? And like it would just quickly like build up half a second just in checking itself. Um, so I had to find some ways around that. But, but I, if it came down to a choice between using is instance of so I could use a member function. I just go back to the built-in function. It's it's yeah. not worth that purity, if you will. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, like I know that it, it just bites you a lot of the time. And yeah, a lot of times I think I do the same just because I know it works for sure. And yeah, I didn't, wasn't even connecting the dots were about the coercion. I just like, well, I know this one will work, <laughs> you know, but anyways, cool, cool. Well, yeah, that makes a lot more sense now in a, Definitely one of those things. I think now that we're like in JavaScript, it's you know coercion too. But then people are starting to use TypeScript. So I think it's more ColdFusion developers using TypeScript too, and they're coming back to ColdFusion. Like we're going to see, you know, uh, more of a push on this. I, w I wonder how we're it's going to sort of evolve over time. But anyway, next up we have some custom tag CF script nuance, um, and so this is one of those things where you know if you have a, a custom tag most people that know if you have a custom tag and you you pass stuff in um you know basically it runs twice because it's a tag you've got a start and an end and usually you have a, a self-closing tag or whatever but when you make the script version of it you know you don't usually have it you know you just drop the the angle brackets off usually and put your params in parentheses and away you go but it wasn't obvious and it's you know, maybe it makes sense, but it wasn't obvious that it would actually output twice. So you have to make sure you use that this tag to execution mode and check with a start or end. 
Um, and of course, you probably can do the curly braces on this here still, but again, it's going to run, uh, run, going to run twice, and that's basically the nuance here is that, you know, even though it's a, a tag to script conversion and you're writing a script, it's still acting like a tag, which essentially, you know, it's going to run twice. So, pretty, pretty straightforward. But again, it's not documented, you know, and it's just it's like kind of funny. I never would have thought about running a custom tag in a script. Mode. But I guess some people do that, right? <laughs> if you so. have the custom tag and you're converting, that makes some sense. Yep, for sure. I just usually think custom tags, like, you know, I almost always use them inside my views, which are usually tags. Yeah. So, but I mean, sometimes we generate them, you know, from script. And so, yeah. Anyways, but that was just well, one especially of the in some of our old systems where the logic, like, might have not been split up between handle, handler models and, and views as well as we would have liked. I can see custom tags doing more than just view logic. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty powerful, um, you know, for sure. Ask our friend Ben Adele. He loves custom tags. He even I think that's one of his two presentations he's ever done. He did one at CF United on custom tags way back in the day. But uh, segue, speaking of Ben Adele, what's he got speaking, next? Speaking of Ben, he has a blog post on Validating complex nested dynamic data structures in cold fusion. Yeah. Um, after having given this kind of a read, this seems in line with his work on creating his own feature flag library, if you yeah. remember him talking about that. And yeah. I feel like it's like he doesn't really have a, um, yeah, some, sometimes at the end of Ben's articles, he has a CFC he gives you and like, hey, you can use this. Um, this is more showing how he's wanting to try validating these feature flags, um, some different approach on it. Uh, it doesn't really look like it's ready to like hand to somebody else's application, but it was interesting. He did give a cause CV validation in there. Yep. Um, was, the funny thing was, I just found out the other day during that coding with the Kiwi that you'd added the nested constraint option inside of the CB validation. So you could actually validate deeper nested structs now. And I didn't realize that before. So... Yeah, and there's the uh, the shortcut. I, I don't know if you saw that as well. Um, oh. But if you go into the docs under available constraints, there's a nested struct and array field named shortcuts. Gotcha. Uh, which is, if you're going to do nested structs or arrays, I highly recommend it because it just collapses so many of the constraint nesting. Mm. That's just crazy. So go ahead and check that out. Oh, um, I'll have to do that. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, I was actually thinking about, like, wouldn't it be cool if we could validate, you know, our API responses in LTS? And that's one of the things we talked about in coding with the Kiwi. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, it'd be cool if we could do the nested constraints. And then Bill said, well, actually, Eric just added that. I'm like, ooh. So now I could just basically build a constraint and say, you know, that that this API response will have all these keys based on this, this you know, constraint configuration, which I thought, it's like, that's kind of cool. So maybe I'll start using CB validation in my test to validate stuff instead of doing all the individual assertions. So, yeah. Well. You know, uh, just a aside that I noticed the other day working with Stripe, um, instead of having you pass in, you know, a bunch of nested constraints and things like that, Stripe will often have you create an object on one spot and then pass in that ID. So like if you, you pass in, you know, like a payment intent and you, a customer ID and a subscription ID, and you have to create all those separately. So you don't have, you know, a request that you're sending to Stripe that's 
nested four levels deep. So just an idea also if you're doing uh, your API design, you can do nested constraints, but you also might want to have different resources and pass around IDs. Hmm. Um, because if you have an ID, you know it's validated the way you want it, if it's, if it's a valid resource. So oh, that's a good idea too. Some interesting thoughts there. Yep. Okay, well, um, we also highlighted again the the information from Charlie about the Java 10 Java keyword, the keyword, not Java keyword, sorry. Um, and so we'll share that link here. We don't need to go over that one again. And then we have the oldest content digest, July 15th. So that shows all the content. And we've been doing these every week for a while now. Um, I know a lot of the team members like it because it's hard to keep up with all the stuff we're outputting. But if you look in there, You'll see we've got the podcast, all the different, you know, log box videos. So basically it's like a snapshot of what happened during that week. So if you get bored on a Friday afternoon, you can go check out all the stuff that we've put out for the week and uh, keep yourself busy over the weekend. Um, but there's all the blog posts that we've released, you know, for the week and all the content. So it's just sort of a snapshot, very similar to what we do in the podcast, but uh, it's just at the end of the week, nice little wrap up there. So you guys can check those out. Uh, usually that's on a Friday, we'll post those. So. So what's up next? We had we had a blog post from Dan Card about integrating Codebox with existing code. So this was piggybacking off of a webinar that he's done, and there, the code is available as well to install via Forgebox, and it goes in um, to a nice little Codebox background, and then over these demo sites that he has, and how the, he has started to integrate Codebox into it. So a great companion resource to the webinar he did and the code that is available on Forgebox. Also a reminder that he is doing a follow-up webinar July 29th at 11 a.m. Central. Yep. So it's a nice little And also one. on the Ordis Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Also on the Ordis blog, we've talked about Brad's post on the Ordis community about how CFML performs compared to other languages using that tech empowered data set and performance benchmarks. So you can check out the blog post and go play around on the tech empower site to uh, see for yourself how all these are measuring up. Yep. And then, so the next one was kind of interesting. I was, I was looking through and I saw a tweet and the tweet led me to an issue and the issue led me to a blog post. And the long of short of it is though, it's like, it's an issue on QB where James Moberg raised it. And so I'm sure you've probably seen it, but it talked about some performance things. And the reason I liked it is because inside that uh, little issue, he found some other stuff. <laughs> so long story short, um, he came across this uh, SQL resource or whatever. Performance of light queries can suffer from binding or from bind parameters. And so, you know, he was comparing something in MS SQL with a like basically went from 500 milliseconds to like 27,000 milliseconds, depending on, you know, how he did it. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was just really interesting. And I don't know if that's something that is MS SQL specific or if we've seen it in other things too or not, you know, like obviously... Uh yeah, no, he's, um, and I, I appreciate his note at the bottom, he, not blaming QB, but just pointing out um, the complexity of a like statement. So the first thing I remember learning about like was uh, if you put a wildcard at the beginning of your string, you cannot use an index, period. 
Mm. Um, and so tons of people, when they do a like statement, surround it on either sides of wild cards, you've lost all of it. You're doing a full table scan. Um, that's why a lot of the faster searches that you see, they will only match after whatever you've typed. Yep. So it's, it's like less, you know, uh, I don't know how to say it, less wild cards, but much faster. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so really this is just, uh, James pointing out like, like has a lot of performance implications that you need to, to know about with indexing, table scans, all that, not just blindly say, Hey, search anything that has this string in the middle of it anywhere. Yeah, of course, that's the more friendly search for people, except for it's slow. So that's a tough choice you have to make there, right? And see <laughs> see what, what you want to do. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing is it's definitely easier when you're looking for something. I get frustrated sometimes, but I guess it's one of those things, you know, pros and cons. It's like, because half the time I don't remember where I put that word in that, you know, did I start with it or not? Or so, yeah, it's kind of a pain, yeah but um it's good to understand it's not it. a it's not a uh cold fusion resource specifically but if you do use well, i mean it'll be good for any database but especially if you use qb um i'll include in the show notes a link to a course called eloquent performance patterns mm. um now eloquence the uh laravel php orm um but QB, Quick, they're both heavily based on it. That's where I actually found the uh, part about likes and about how to make those fast. And it goes into a lot of other uh, performance increases, especially, again, using an ORM like Quick, building search filters, subqueries, things like that. So uh, it's a paid resource, but uh, I very much enjoyed it. I don't write PHP for a living and I still got a lot out of it. So yeah. maybe you will as well. Sounds like you could write a, a little summary blog post about some of those points at some point, Eric would be useful too. Just, uh, you know, true. I'd want to make sure I make it a uh, different enough not to feel like I'm cribbing on. Yeah. On, well, I mean, uh, just even highlight some of it, you know, just, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's some things you could definitely glean from it or whatever, even if it's like the top five things you learn from it or something, but yeah. yeah. But sure. I'm not saying don't take the course. I'm just like, it'd be nice to share those. Cause yeah, it's like, I know I've, I've heard that before about the like, but it just didn't stick with me, you know, but so what do we yeah. have next? Uh, next we have a recap about your building developer feed quiz API on the online cold fusion meetup and a link to the recording as well. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay, lots of great content there. Let's skip forward to CFML jobs. So we have several CFML jobs up on getcfmljobs.com. There's over 110 listed right now um, from 61 companies across 53 locations in five countries. It looks like we've got three new ones right now. Um, so the full-time specialist um, from Cold Fusion at Gurgaon, Gur Gur I don't know, it's Haryana, India. Sorry, my pronunciation is terrible at the best of times, even on American names. So sorry about that, everybody. Um, but there's also um, a full-time position for Cold Fusion developers in Bengaluru, Karnataka, India. And then there's a full-time Oracle Cold Fusion developer in Washington, D.C. So those are all posted in, uh, this week. And we got a few other jobs there, right, Eric? 
We do. You can also check out ordersolutions.com slash about dash us slash careers. There's a position at John Hopkins University with Brian Class. Clear Capital has uh, some openings. That is the place where Carol from the Working Code podcast works, as well as the CFML Slack at Box Team Slack have jobs channels that you can check out. Yep, it's very cool. Yeah, and if you want to find out more about Clear Capital, where Carol works, uh, she talks about the the job and different things she's working on over there. We've got some pretty cool little things they're doing. So, very interesting. Okay. Now, for uh, the Forgebox module of the week this week is the Twilio SDK, and no better person to talk about it than you, Eric, because you do a lot with Twilio. And I'm surprised we haven't featured this one yet. This is the Auto Solutions module. Um, and yeah, so why don't you tell us about how many days and years you've spent playing with this one? <laughs> Have we not featured it at all? No, That's we've actually had Matthew Clemente's one. We've featured other stuff that talks about Twilio, and but no, we haven't featured Ooh. it. Matt has one? It probably is better than <laughs> um, Anyway. <laughs> um, yes, I do a lot with Twilio, um, with one of the clients I work with. Uh, so this is a module where we try to uh, kind of clean up some of the things we do. It's based on a hyper-client underneath and made so that even if you use some of the methods, you can uh, configure it after uh, trying to make it work with the Twilio sub-accounts. Um, most recently, I got an update to the lookup method, which is, I mean, I use lookup and SMS probably the most. Lookup is a way to just say, hey, is this a phone number? Also, format it for me, please. Um, sometimes we pass in different types to get the information about the carrier or the caller name, um, things like that. So uh, right now it does uh, look up SMS and phone calls. Uh, more probably coming. We'd start to it as we need to and as we use it. Um, of course, the Twilio API has a lot more than just those three things. But uh, yeah, Twilio SDK. Yep. Now, there are a couple of other ones on um, Forgebox. CF Twilio um, by Jordan Clark. And back in 2020, he did a whole bunch of things all at once, wrappers. And then uh, there's a Twilio API one. There's a Twilio Lookup CFC, which is Matthew Clemente's one. And so that will just be the, yeah, it's a wrapper for just the Lookup API. So, yeah, a couple out there. But uh, I know we used our one a lot. Um, I've actually used it a little bit on some of those projects that you've been working with, too. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Okay, next up, we have our VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week. And this week is a follow-up from last week's emoji one. We have another emoji one. This is called Emoji Sense. So this is apparently uh, adding suggestions and autocomplete for your emojis because not one, but you know, one is just not enough. So I'll share my screen for those watching. <laughs> but yeah, Eric loves emojis, right, Eric? <laughs> Are you the one that broke uh, Forgebox because you keep putting too many emojis in your stuff? <laughs> I did break Forgebox because I, I tried to put emojis in like uh, my release notes or something like that. Yeah. I, like but, uh, I even have a, a program called Rocket for Mac OS that does what Emoji Sense does, but system wide. So Ooh. I do love me emojis. <laughs> I like this one how you can like put your mouse over it or even show you like an enlarged version of it and stuff. It's kind of cool. Like it's, yeah, I just like it. 
it's pretty neat. Uh, it's got some cool little features again. Um, but yeah, some different options and per language configuration, which interesting. So you can turn them on for Markdown, but off for plain text and stuff like that. So yeah, this one actually probably looks a little bit more complete than the one we had last week. So you guys will have to use them all and let us know which one you like best. <laughs> That's just what we're going to do for the rest of this podcast. Let's play with emojis. <laughs> review emoji uh, extension. Find the best one for you. We're here for you, community. Wow. We know what you need. <laughs> so next up, we want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. So these are the people that individually and personally supporting our open source initiatives and that helps order solutions, make great things like command box, forge box, cold box, content box, test box, etc. And, you know, Right now, it pays completely for this podcast, and it's going halfway almost to, you know, supporting the cloud infrastructure that ForgeBox and CommandBox uses for the package management. So we really appreciate everyone who supports us there. Uh, and you can find out more on patreoncom solutions. You want to tell us some of the perks, Eric? Absolutely. So all Patreon supporters get this nifty profile badge on our community website and access to their own private forum on that website. There is a private channel on the box team Slack for Patreon supporters, and you will be invited to the live stream for the coding with the Kiwi and friends. Additionally, those who subscribe at a bronze level and up will get a free forge box pro and CFcast subscriptions as a perk of their subscription to Patreon. Yep, so we've got quite a few bronze supporters and we really appreciate everyone for doing that. And uh, some of the higher levels get things like, you know, into the box tickets and, and everything else too. So, uh, but it's it's a great help. And, you know, again, that money means that orders can spend more time and resources and money on other things that the community wants and needs. So whose turn is it to read out the names? I believe it is my turn. Okay, I'll let you do it because um, I make a mess of it thank every Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to John Wilson with Naptrix, Brian Ganelli of Haggerty Motorsport Reg, Jordan Clark, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Dan Card, Jonathan Perret, Jeffrey McGee with Sunstar Media, Dean Maunder, Will DeBrun, Joseph Lavery, John Bellamy, Jan Janik, Maxima Tuchahadi, Carl Von Setten, Jeremy Adams, Didier Lesnicki, Matthew Clemente, Daniel Garcia, Scott Steinbeck with Agri Tracking Systems, Ben Nadell, Fred the Line, Kai Kennedy, Charlie Earhart, Jonas Erickson, Jason Diger, Sean Oden, Matthew Darby, Ross Phillips at Garvin Cavases, Patrick Flynn, Stephanie Mondi, John Wish, Kevin Wright, and Peter and Mary. Thank you for supporting our solutions and supporting us on this podcast. Yep, we really appreciate it. And you guys have a great week. Enjoy the rest of the Adobe Developer Week. And thanks for those who tuned in live. We know it was hard to turn down Pete Freitag to come watch us, or maybe you're just multitasking. Uh, so we appreciate you too. But uh, thanks, everybody. And yeah, thanks, Eric, for joining me. Yeah, always. We'll see you later, Gavin. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.